Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema. This is a podcast about craft beer and film, if you've never heard us before. If you have, thanks for coming back. Uh, but if you're a new listener, we're really stoked to have you. Uh, we cover two craft beers and one movie each and every week. We do not spoil the movie until we get to what we call the danger zone. So if you didn't see Avengers Endgame on its opening weekend, uh, don't worry about it. We're not going to spoil it without giving you plenty of heads up. Uh, but my name is Max Minardi. And I'm Johnny Summers. Together, we're your favorite podcast. Johnny, where can people find us if they want to? All the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, the Twitters, and our website at Fresh Hop Cinema. You just add a .com to that to get to the website. That'll do it. And you can also find us on Untapped and Letterboxd for beer and movie reviews, respectively. Yeah. And we both are pretty active on there, so we're more pretty fun follows. We have one account for the podcast on Untapped and two accounts on Letterboxd. Yeah. So I feel like we can... We're our own people. Yeah, exactly. We can, yeah, yeah put our own spins on stuff. Yeah. Though... And- Go ahead. Oh, first. I was just going to mention the Instagram story thing. Oh, sure. Okay. But I was going to let you. I was going to say on our website, though, we do kind of, we post, um, like, on Untapped, we can only put one of, it's a very short description on Untapped, so we only ever have time or space to put, uh, what is time and space, though, as opposed to, it's relative, you know, man. getting into vendors already. Mm-hmm. Um, no, on our website, we have both of our takes of the beers. Longer so, reviews. Longer reviews. Because Untapped, you only get, like, what, 150? Yeah, it's like, it's like a, a tweet. tweet. Yeah. Yeah. But Instagram stories, you were saying. Oh, yeah. Just we appreciate it if you listen to the show. It's a fun way for you to get involved and let us know you're listening and also help your friends know about how awesome we are. We also haven't said what it is yet. Yeah. So that's if you listen, you screenshot it, it and then you share it on your Instagram story. Uh, It's cool. You tag us. We share it. and We love you a long time. Yeah. And then your friends know how cool you are because you listen to our podcast. Exactly. So. Let's it, dive in. It's a win-win. Yeah? yeah, definitely. We have a beer that was donated to the show by a listener and friend and all-around general good dude, John Wallum. And it is a beer from Wisconsin from a brewery called New Glarus. They make all sorts of good beers. Um, and this is one that I've never had. It's called Spotted Cow. Hmm. And it's a farmhouse ale. So off the bat, Johnny, have you had this beer before? I haven't. But if you're thinking to yourself, wait, we've heard the name New Glarus on this show before. Sure. That's because we did one from them. We did their raspberry... Yeah, uh, not tart. Is it tart? Yeah, it's a ra- maybe. It's a raspberry. It was something like that. Very good. That. No, it's raspberry something. And I think I remember that it was on the Doctor Strange episode. I don't know how I know that, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Well, that'd be wild. A while back. Do you want uh, me to read what it says on the bottle? Yeah, you could try your eyes on the bottle or the paper. They're all, it's mostly the same. Whatever feels more intuitive to you, my friend. All right. From the bottle. Only in Wisconsin, that's what it says on the bottle. Every drop of Wisconsin's original farmhouse ale is artisan brewed and bottled by the hardworking employee owners of New Glarus Brewing Company, right here in little New Glarus, Wisconsin. Spotted Cow adheres to the Rhein Heights. One of these days we'll get it. Rhein Heights Gabot. Sure. Purity law. Using only four hand-selected all-natural ingredients, yeast, hops, water, and malted barley. We allow yeast to remain in the bottle to enhance the fullness of flavors so it is naturally cloudy. Some might say hazy. Sure. (laughs) Expect this ale to be fun, fruity, and satisfying. Do you think it's fun? Let me know. You've had a sip. Is it fun? It's. I don't know about fun. Is it fun? It's satisfying. Yes or no? Is it fun? it's not fun. It's not fun? All right. You know you're in Wisconsin when you see the spotted cow. All right. Only in Wisconsin. Uh, Incorrect. 
because I'm currently in yeah, California. There's spotted cows everywhere. There's spotted, and also this beer is in my hand. Right. So, so double double jeopardy. Yeah. How's say. that for fun? Uh, you taste yours real quick. I want to say off the bat, like this is very mellow, uh, but real drinkable. I'm always nervous when I see. Well, when I was researching this beer, there were there were mixed feelings on if it's a farmhouse or a farmhouse saison, and we've done some saisons recently that really turned me off to the yeast profile, and I was kind of worried this was going to have that, and it super doesn't. So off the bat, I'm very pleased. It's like 90 degrees out right now, and this is very tasty in this weather. Yeah, this is nice. It uh, really has a heavy apple juice presence on the, on the nose. Yep. Uh, it's got a really like fluffy, pillowy body. It's very, very nice mouthfeel to it. Super light though, like it's got a heavy body, but it, it dissipates quickly, right? Making this beer like it's really drinkable. Yeah, it's four point eight percent. It's got eighteen IBUs, and on Untapped, there have been one hundred seventy-five thousand ratings of this, averaging about three point six nine. Um, so I feel like that might be a little bit low for what I'm tasting. I'm gonna probably jump higher than that. Three point six nine. Yeah, three point seven effectively. Out of five. Yeah, I think that's probably pretty fair. All right. Yeah, the beer doesn't really knock my socks off. It's good. It's really mellow, like nothing. It's too mellow. Oh, you think? Yeah, nothing about it stands out to me. It's it's almost watery. Yeah, I'm always torn with that kind of thing too, because it is the like the four ingredients that we're not. There's no pillow to fall back yeah. on. Um, and I feel like the fact that it tastes so clean, there's no like yeah. weird flavors or anything. That's a really strong point for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but like on that note, I've always been sort of confused about like what farmhouse ale is. So I actually did a little bit of research um, before we started the show today. And I want to read a little bit of a thing that I got off of uh, an article on vinepair.com. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but maybe we'll post a link if you're curious. It's a pretty short article. Give me them cliff notes. Yeah. Well, so basically I was like, so what is a, a farmhouse ale essentially? And, and from what I, at least what the article says, um, it's more of an umbrella term. Um, it's more of like a uh, sort of like a lifestyle of beer. They can be saisons or beer to guards, goozes, um, things of that nature. Um, and they just fall under that umbrella of farmhouse. Um, the idea is it'll have funky flavor, kind of a wet hay or earthy taste, um, maybe some tartness like uh, an unripened strawberry might give you, uh, it says it leaves your mouth crisp and dry. Um, and other than that, the possibilities are basically endless. Uh, there's this guy named Phil Markowski. He wrote a book called farmhouse ales. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, he was told it should be something. We, it was dry, not too dry. Um, a brew for the season, which is actually what Cezanne means in French. Uh, I'd never known that, but it makes total sense. Um, and something special. It's not like it's not super specific to the style, but I don't know. I thought it was interesting that like it's so open ended. Mm-hmm. It's essentially like the way you make it and, and when you make it. Well, it's also ingredient based. Sure. A lot of traditional farmhouse ales, they changed every year. They're called yeah. that because they were made with the leftover grains and right. stuff from the farmhouses. Right. They were just like given to the people that would do the crops. Yeah. Like, here's and the beer you can have. It even says in that article I was reading ahead a little bit that they were they were brewed in the winter to be drank through planting season or spring. Yeah. So this is seasonally accurate when we're drinking it right now. Uh, you know, this beer, I expected it to be a bit... Uh, more. Yeah. It's real close to, uh, I'm, I'm hung up with the apple juiciness of it. In a bad way. Yeah. yeah. It's distracting. It's, it is crisp and clean. It is almost more lagery than farmhousey, mm-hmm. which I mean, depending on what you're going for, could make it better or worse. By that, do you mean like, like just in the cleanness of it is lacking sort of like the funk you might expect from a farmhouse traditionally? Uh, yeah. I was expecting more of that that horse blanket mm-hmm. or the, the, you know, the yeast profile or some tartness or something. Uh, this beer is almost underwhelming just that it doesn't have that. Like it's too clean. 
Yeah. Okay. How many farmhouses do you see that are super clean? In zero. Yeah. None of them. They're just covered in, in, in spotted cow manure. <laughs> Poo-poo. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I really like it. I like the, if we can call it an apple juicy quality, I like that kind of fruitiness to it. Um, I like that it finishes clean. I like that it's mellow on the mouth. I love that it's, again, 90 degrees out and it's super easy drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel really good about this beer. And I'm going to give it a four out of five because I dig it. Or are we, I can't remember now. No, we're doing that. I'm going to give an eight out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. That's a really high rating. Yeah, I really like this beer. It's real tasty. I wish I had more of it. Mm. I do have a little more. I'm going to drink the rest of this then. Yeah. Yep. This is one that, like, if you had it around, I might pick up a six-pack for a hot weekend. Yeah. But there's also other beers I think I'd reach for that have more defined characteristics. I think this beer is a little bit too ambiguous and drinkable. I want a beer yeah. with a stronger opinion. I, I don't you know. know what I mean? I'd almost make the case, like, there's definitely a time and a place for this kind of beer, though. Like, like... I don't know. I don't want to undermine our um, judgment of it because it should be something that makes you like want to drink it and, mm-hmm. and be interesting. But there is a strong point to having a beer that is solid, if not the most um, flamboyant and like in your face beer. Yeah. Like a really solid beer is not something to shake a stick at, if you ask me. Yeah. I think this beer is not the most interesting. Yeah. I think it could be more interesting. I think it's super drinkable. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, just judging the label and, and reading the style. It really is underwhelming for what I, th- I thought it was going to be. It's the mellowest yeah, farmhouse I, I, I think you're that. ever going to drink. And I think you give it such a high rating because you normally don't like farmhouse sales. And this one's closer to like a lager. So you're enjoying drinking <laughs> it. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Uh, but for me, I'm not really feeling this beer incredibly. Give it like a like a 5.8. Like All right. That's fine. Um, just as a counterpoint, I don't like farmhouse or not. If anybody had just given me this beer, I'm like, here, drink this. I, I think I would have liked it. I mean, it's really quenching, yeah. which is so nice. I don't, you don't get that very often. Like even a really crushable drinkable beer still has like a, like a heaviness in beer that kind of makes you feel like you're getting dehydrated because that's what alcohol does mm-hmm. to you. And this, uh, is very sneaky in that because it almost feels like it's rehydrating me. Mm. Uh, so I don't know. That's incorrect according to science, but that's what happens when know. I put vodka in Pedialyte. That's incredible. Like, they don't just cancel out. <laughs> just like it's nothing. The same thing. Like a, you don't. I feel like a superhero. Sure. And then you splash Red Bull in there, you're and gonna, you're yeah, either really good or really bad. Basically, you don't even need to eat after you, that. You owe me a Four loco, by the way. It's in my fridge, and I was oh. gonna bring it. Yeah, that was supposed. To, I'm glad because today would have been a nightmare because I have that show. No, tonight, but... I had it in my hand. I didn't bring it because of oh. That. Well, thank when you. I was grabbing sipper beers, I was like, I had it in my hand. <laughs> I looked at it, and I was like. <laughs> Not tonight. Uh, um, I love him too much. I can't do this to him. Yeah. But it's coming. Was that was that last week's episode that I earned that? Yeah, that was Hellboy. Hellboy, that's Hellboy. right. That's you earned half of it because sure. you stayed for... Why did... Why? Oh. Because okay. you went to the movie. And you're just doing the other half out of solidarity. No, I'm not drinking it. Oh, I thought you said you split it with me. No, I said you only have to drink half. Somebody listening that just heard Hellboy, <laughs> go back and let me know because I could have sworn you were like, I'll split it with you. Ooh. But I might... You know, I'm pleading the, the drunk fifth yeah, on that one. That's fair. But you know, if we do it on the right night, yeah. None of if it if we record on another Friday, yeah, right. I'll I'll drink half of it. All right. Um, Plus, it always makes the danger zone a bit more loosey yeah, goosey when we have yeah. a, half a four loco in you. The whole thing of like the Lips first time we loose. did it, yeah, like trying to finish it before the episode, like that was trying to finish a four loco by yourself during an episode, like while speaking relatively intelligently. Oh, it's the best and thing consistently. Ever. It's not like I can sit in the corner and just kind of drink it. Would um, it be okay if we put out a poll? And if I, people, yeah, let's let people vote if they think you should drink half for the whole thing during the episode. Oh, Jesus. Um, you said yeah before. Well, yeah. I mean, I suppose. I mean, if the if the listeners speak, I'll I'll do it. I suppose, but to an extent, I guess. Like, don't ask me to murder anybody. Right. No. So, in the matter of the four loco and the Hellboy episode, I'll allow it. All right. I'm gonna put a poll up Saturday, 
Uh, this last Saturday. It, this is coming out on Monday. Okay, yeah. I'll put it up. It was up over the weekend. We'll keep it going. I'll def- we'll have one running for a week on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, and you can do it on Instagram. Yeah, track. it'll end the Saturday before Mother's Day. Okay. You can vote right. now. Yeah. Go vote on Twitter or uh, what other things? Facebook? Yeah. Oh, you can do it. Yeah, we can do a poll on cool. Facebook. We'll put a poll on Facebook and a poll on Twitter. Just to be clear, you're voting for whether or not I need to drink an entire Four loco or half a Four loco with Johnny drinking the other half. Fair? That's fine. Okay. So either we split one or Max has to drink the whole thing. And I think, for me, my vote would be oh, sure. <laughs> we split it. Oh, really? That's my vote. Okay. Because I think missing the movie entirely, um, a very accurate punishment is drinking sure. the whole thing. But at le- even just going and sitting through half of it and walking out, you did half the effort. Yeah, okay. You only deserve half the punishment. That is also generous because we both know I did not stay for half of it. So yeah. I appreciate it. So I'm, I'm trying to help you yeah, out here. Yeah. But uh, I know yeah. what the people are going to vote. So I do too. It's fine. Whatever. Uh, any more thoughts on Spotted Cow before we move on? Don't travel for it, but if mm. it's in front of you, buy a six pack. That, that'd be the the. It's very middle of the road. It's it's drinkable. It's a. I'm glad we drank it, but yeah, yeah. Don't tra- I, don't travel for it if it's in front of you. Pick up a six pack. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Actually, I don't think like part of my defense of this beer is it's sort of just um, general fineness. Mm-hmm. Like so, yeah, I don't think you should go out of your way necessarily. Um, but if you have it for sure, I think it's really really good. So drink it if you can. Uh, and, you know, and that's where I'm at with the, with new Glarus's spotted cow word up, yo. So let's move into flick picks. Uh, Johnny's got one this week. It is a movie that I have heard about and never seen. It's something that people call a classic and it's called cool hand. Luke came out in 1967. Johnny Summers. That's right. I was very excited to watch this movie. I put it on completely blind. It's been out for much longer than I've been alive and I knew nothing about it. Yep. So yeah, it was out twenty. Came out twenty years to the year before I was born. So mm-hmm. that's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't know anything. Just knew it was a classic. And there was a scene with eating a lot of eggs. That was all I knew. Oh, I don't even know um, that. Yeah, it's it's a famous scene. Uh, I won't spoil it for you. Thank you. So this movie stars Paul Newman. You'll know him from his dressings. No, Mm-mm. Newman's own mm. dressings. Oh, the dressing. Okay. Yeah. Like, Is that really that guy? Yeah, he started that, and he like gives all the profits to charity. Like it was oh, like man. his legacy. I thought that was just like a sketch of a friendly looking. No, that's dude. Paul Newman. It's like a like it's a thing. Wow, I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure. Already, I've learned so much today. Yeah. This is good. So this movie is kind of a classic tale of male bonding in a prison setting. Okay. So yeah, you got Paul Newman playing this kind of a rogue, like not drifter, but kind of out of control guy that doesn't really give a heck. Sure. The opening scene is him <laughs> hammered in a parking lot, cutting the heads off of parking meters. Oh, with like nice. a big like a giant pipe cutter. Yeah. And you're just like pushing it around. And awesome. He's like stops and opens a beer and just keeps going. Uh, so yeah, this movie, you, it was really just this story arc of this, this devil may care attitude guy that was semi spoiler alert in and out of prison multiple times, sure. but the same one. It's this really small plantation style prison in the deep South. They're on a chain gang. Uh, a fun fact about this movie, it was discussed on an episode of Cheers, and this one, oh. the, this movie won the argument in the bar for sweatiest movie of all time. Oh, man. So fun okay. trivia sure. for you there, kind of living in the pop culture realm. Yeah. So they're on a chain game, working really hard, and it's just this story about how one person that has this indomitable spirit can be an inspiration to everyone around him and how that can be standoffish at first, but it can lead to... Be, it can lead to that being the thing that you appreciate about someone. Sure. Uh, the guy that, what's his name, George Kennedy? It was a Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, George Kennedy played Dragline. 
and started off as enemies in the prison and they became best friends. He actually won an, uh, an Academy Award for supporting actor in oh, this wow. movie. So it was really good. And you you look at this movie and you obviously see why it's a classic because it was so endearing. Like I really fell in love with Paul Newman's portrayal of Cool Hand Luke. Uh, just the the mannerisms in the 60s cool is just dripping from him. Like, yeah, he's right. so cool. But also you see what it inspired. There's so many movies. Like we would not have Shawshank without this movie. Is that right? 100%. Wow. You can see the influence uh, dripping all over it. Uh, there's a lot of movies that I like um, that were directly influenced by this. So uh, with its status as a cinem- cinematic classic, yeah. like in the overall scope of cinema, it's, it's influence is everywhere. Did you ever see the movie The Last Castle? No. With, what's his name? Uh, old Dude. Oh, he's been in a lot of westerns. Okay, oh. what's uh, white dude? Yep, uh, I can tell you. He his was name. in the movie we just watched. Uh, which one? Uh, Endgame. Oh, really? Yeah, only for a minute. Uh, Robert Redford. Yep, yep. Robert Redford was the main character, and it had James Gandolfini. Yeah, it was a prison movie. Okay, yeah. Like seriously, Great. Cool Hand Luke with just a different storyline. Really? Yeah. Huh. So if you you're into movies like that, or they've you've enjoyed those movies, go back and watch Cool Hand Luke if you've never seen it, because you will see the influence. It was really well done. There was some really cool camera tricks and cinematography stuff that were ahead of their time for the '60s too. There was some cool like close up of some yeah. mirrored sunglasses, and then they're reflecting a road. Just that's cool. Cool little yeah. stuff yeah. like that. So. Uh, it's an American classic. It's on everyone's list in the top 200 best movies of all time. Sure. So, And it's on Netflix. You have right. no excuse to not That's watch what it. I was going to ask. Yeah. So Netflix, um, I think it's also on Amazon. You can rent it there. I was looking that up. Yeah. Uh, it's just over two hours, though, which is a good, a really long movie for back then, too. Yeah. They uh, usually used to keep them pretty short. Yeah. Uh, Stuart Rosenberg was the director. I wanted to shout that out, too. I don't know off the top of my head what else he's done uh, until I look up a list like this. I don't either. I am not going to read these, but he's done some stuff. Anything we've heard of? No, but okay. a movie called "For God's Sakes, Get Out." All right, so that's fun. Yeah, um, that's the prequel to Get Out. Jordan Peele. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So highly recommend. Well, that's great, man. I'll I'll uh, put it on my list too. It sounds sounds like it lives up to the hype for sure. And uh, I'm gonna be going back in and watching more classic movies like I started doing a while ago. Yeah. Uh, just to compare it, I liked it more than Raging Bull. Sweet. Oh yeah, we should start keeping. You should start ranking them, dude. Like in your own list. Oh my god. Like just start. Well, adding I've to done it. two. Well, yeah, but like eventually you'll have done five. <laughs> so it's Raging Bull. Two, yeah. Cool Hand Luke, one. Yeah. It's easy right now. But you could do that on, like, that's a good reason to follow Johnny on Letterboxd, everybody. You also, can make that list, and th- then... It's a great time to start the list when you're only at two. Yeah, I mean, you can, <laughs> like, make it a running thing. I've done that for some of mine. Like, um, I've done, like, my like my top movies from last year. I started it, like, midway through. Where I just kept adding to it, and then by the end of the year, I was like, there's my list. Boom. Couple Don't even have to, like, edit it. It's yeah. It's just done. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Cool, man. Looking forward to getting back into more of those classics, because... I know there's a lot I've missed. Sure. Yeah. Well, I commend you for taking that upon your shoulders. Where do you have a flick pick this week? I do not. Uh, And the irony of that is astounding to me because I just railed against you last week for it. Totally. Um, But no, I, uh, I figured we'd do the thing that we kind of previewed a couple weeks ago where uh, where one of us maybe doesn't have a flick pick or we don't. Yeah. Uh, both of us don't. We're going to do a, a homebrew. Does this mean we get to drink a bonus beer? Yes, a bonus beer, my friend. Um, And this is this is a beer that was submitted to the show by a fellow named Logan McDonald. He's, loud uh, noise. Loud noise. Nice. And already a good sign. We got carbonation, so it's already beery enough. Good job. Beer's not flat. All right. <laughs> Who made it? What is it? Give me some deets. So yeah, Logan McDonald gave it to us, and it's a, it's a citrus cream ale that he submitted to the National Home Brew Competition. I don't know why I couldn't say that word normally. Um, it's got four and a half percent ABV and 23 IBUs. 
And I love what he wrote here in the description. He said, it's a citrus cream ale, does not contain lactose. Yes. Uh, we both appreciate that. Uh, listeners of the show know that Johnny is lactose intolerant. Um, so when I mentioned to him that, that uh, Logan had submitted a beer, uh, a cream ale, he said, does it have lactose? Does it? And then I hadn't read the message uh, with all the details. And the first thing, the first sentence like, does not have lactose. Um, anyways, he says it's brewed with pale malt and flaked oats instead of the lactose to get the creaminess out of it. It's got amarillo hops, coriander, and sweet orange peel. Cause again, it is a citrus cream ale. It should be light in body, low to medium, low carbonation with a sweet orangey taste. Uh, Johnny, you've had a sip. What do you think? Well, all right. Well, all right. Well, all right. That's not half bad. I didn't know what to expect. I don't think I've ever had a citrus cream ale. I don't think I have either. So that's going to be a whole unique thing. And usually I don't like orange flavored beers, but this one has uh, almost a bit of a, a tang to it, like a subtle little tang, which I like. Yeah. I mean, obviously my brain goes to like the orange creamsicles, like popsicles from childhood, maybe adulthood, depending on how you live your life. This is very similar in in malt kind of uh, profile to the last beer we had. Uh, do you mean this the, literally the new glare? Yeah, okay. yeah, like this. This reminds me of that a little bit. It's kind of got that same smell. It's got like a straw hay. Yeah, it definitely does. Uh, and it also it comes through nice with that, that the citrus punch. Yeah, I think it's always an interesting endeavor to try to get a creamy flavor out of a beer that you could easily do with like a lactose type ingredient. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to to take on that challenge without using that is uh, something that I find admirable, but also can be very. Um, risky because sometimes they don't go super well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's super like there's a lot of orange definitely on the nose and some of that sort of more straw earthiness that you're describing. Um, I'm gonna take my first sip here, but what are you uh, what are you thinking? You get you get some earthiness for sure. You get it's it's pretty clean. There's some flavor in there somewhere that I, I don't quite like, but I don't know if I can identify. No, I think I think I'm tasting the same one. Yeah. Um, and I, the only reference I have for this is like I've made a couple home brews. Um, and I've tasted a, not a bunch, but like a handful. And the reason I can pick this out is because in my first homebrew, it was, it was the only flavor. It was like just overwhelmingly, whatever that is. It's almost kind of metallic. Yeah. And, I was going to um, say tinny. Yeah. And it's definitely in this, but, but not super upfront. Like I still get, um, a creamy mouthfeel and a little bit of citrus before that. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what was your, you're yeah. getting as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right up front. It's like, um, watery, but tinny. Yeah, it's sure. like um, like a, like when there's a just your water drinking water just a tiny bit off. Yeah, all right. There's a little bit of iron in it or something. That's kind of the flavor I get. But it, it transitions well into the malts, and then you finish with the citrus flavor. It finishes great. It, yeah, that flavor goes away immediately, yeah, which is um, good because yeah. if it was there throughout, sorry Logan, I would have to be like, nah, yeah. dog. Yeah, right. But it doesn't, so that's good. Um, so just quick couple of notes here. Again, I said Logan submitted this to the National Homebrew Competition, and I don't know um, if he has more available. I, I should have messaged him about this, but I'm just saying it because I thought of it. Um, Logan, let us know if uh, people can get this from you if they wanted to. Um, I don't know the logistics on selling alcohol. I'm sure that's probably not okay legally. Nope. You'd have to. Um, be, you know, I just tasted could, that again. You could, yeah. Green olive. Like a brininess. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but not quite salty, but like kind of a... That briny. Yeah. Like it, yeah. Yeah, I get that. But it, it dissipates quickly, but it's a little bit on the nose too. Sure. But yes, no, he probably can't sell it. Yeah, but if, I don't know, if he had some and he gave you one or two. <laughs> For anyone listening in Radio Land, if it was a monetarily free gift... Yes. That would be yeah. completely fine. Uh, that said, again, like not sure um, if he has any more or if he wants to share it with you at all. He shared it with us, so we feel special. I get when we get hella nervous, like the FBI is listening. I know, to like us you, you never know, it's man. Like, ooh, ooh. It's weird, like you in in the music. I was gonna sound so pretentious in the music industry, mm-hmm. uh, but no, it playing around places like 
you hear stories of from like venue owners or bar owners or rest, like specifically actually not venue owners, people that just like want to have live music in their bar or their coffee shop or whatever, like hear horror stories about like ASCAP or BMI representatives, like hiding in the crowd and be like, do you have your license? Shut it down. Um, so I'm like real sensitive to that. So you never know. Like, Wait, what would the bar need a license for? For um, artists singing cover songs oh. specifically. Cause I've heard that with like, um, if you broadcast one of the music streaming services in your bar, oh, you yeah. have to have like a special license you're and pay to. more for that. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Like if you're just playing music from like YouTube over a computer system or something in your bar, you could get yep. like in trouble. I for think, that. I think actually, I think more so over YouTube. Uh, and I think it's because of like the video element of that. You're kind of getting hit on two Whoa. fronts. Like you're not just, well, not everybody's watching. Obviously sure. it's like a computer behind, but the you're desk. streaming the audio from a video. Yeah. And, and by proxy showing the video effectively. So I think you can get hit twice for that. That's crazy. Uh, I wonder how well that's enforced around here because I know of yeah, a, a couple bars around here that may or may not do that. Sure. Like, I, I, yeah, I mean, I know definitely bars that, that do not have that license, but like nothing's ever happened. Yeah. But I also know bars and restaurants that have like freaked out about it from the get-go and were like, we have to buy this immediately. Otherwise, we're not doing live music. Yeah. Okay. That's so, weird. Yeah. One of those things. One of those things. Just don't get caught, right? I get, Yeah. I mean, like, come on. Like, there's so many stupid things people get like – in trouble for mm-hmm. like there's people selling children into sex trafficking right charge those people yeah leave leave us alone seriously leave them leave them kids alone hey yeah uh, sex trafficker <laughs> leave them, leave kids, them alone. kids alone uh okay let's uh let's rate this uh we've only done like one or two homebrews on the show before but i think we should establish the precedent of rating them well to be cool i don't remember rating to be cool? Sure. To be fair. Cool hand Luke. Yeah, to be cool, which I always <laughs> To be am. cool. To be cool. <laughs> I don't remember rating any of them or doing any of them in the past, so. It's been um, a while. So we're going to rate this just purely as a beer that a guy made and gave to us. Fair enough. Expectations, fairly low. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you never know. Yeah, you never know, man. You just got to try it. So what did you think of this citrus cream ale? Yeah, man, I was, I was pleasantly surprised again. Like my experience with most homebrews have been like pretty mediocre. Yeah. Um, granted like 20% of that experience has been my own homebrews. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, pleasantly surprised. I really enjoy like kind of what you were saying, the the general mouthfeel and weight of this beer. It's very light. It's very drinkable. Um, I think that Logan said in his message, uh, referencing you, if I'm not mistaken, these beers should be crushable and like lawnmower beers. Yeah. It must've been you cause I don't have a lawnmower. So, okay. Yes. And I, and I think that does fit like this is super light. It's super easy drinking this time of year. Um, and I, I like it. So I'm going to, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a 6.5. Okay. It's very tasty. I'm into it. Yeah. What about you? So just, you know, not comparing this rating to any other beers, but just in the universe of homebrews, we're setting a new precedent. So these ratings kind of go in their own little box in my head. Oh, okay. Like I'm not comparing this to like the New Glarus beer we just did. I'm rating this as yeah, a homebrew. Sure. sure. Be like, but also know. as a beer. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Well, it's a homebrewed beer, man. Right. I don't know. Yeah, but like, like we don't even necessarily rate by style all the time. I do. Do you all the time? Is yeah, that real? Hundred okay. percent. All right. Uh, that's why I wanted to like clarify that I'm putting this at least mentally in its own sure. subcategory as and far as just not mass produced or even commercially produced. Right. Beer. It would also be tricky too. Like this isn't a style we do a whole lot. So like if it were an IPA, I feel like you might be more inclined just to include it as an IPA. Well, than I would own. have more to judge against right. as far as is this to industry standard as to something we would enjoy. That right. is true. Uh, with this, yeah, not as much experience with the style. I think overall it is drinkable. I really have some problems with that initial mm-hmm. that punchiness up front. Sure. It kind of gets in your nose, and that's really the only thing I don't enjoy about it. it. The the middle and the finish are nice. It has a nice citrus 
lingering on the back of your tongue. You know, I'm going to give this a solid 5-5. Five, five. All right. Yeah. It's, it's respectable. It's drinkable. It is crushable. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, there are just certain things in it that kind of make me feel like it's a PBR with a couple olives dropped in right. it. Right. I think, like, the the nature of the subjectivity of, of that particular taste, like, I think it'll – some people might hate that. And some people are like, I don't – that doesn't bother me. Exactly. So, yeah, it, um, yeah, I think that's probably a fair rating. Five five for you, six five for me. Word. Um, I'm into that. This is solid. I'm gonna probably definitely drink the rest of this as we uh, maybe go to break. Is there anything else we want to talk about before we jump there and get into Avengers? No. Do we need to take a break? I mean, I need a trailer at the very least. I oh. need that music in my okay. ears. <laughs> All right. So we'll bring back a trailer. <laughs> yeah, and then we'll again no spoilers for Endgame. Um, so if you haven't seen it yet, don't worry. But we are gonna gonna hit you with some Endgame knowledge. So stay tuned. Max, I have news. Tell me the news, my friend. The news is exciting. Not only is the Handlebar your favorite place to eat and drink craft beer and get an amazing happy hour deal every day of the week from 2 to 6, it is now your favorite destination to get a cocktail. Because they have a full liquor bar, right? They just opened after being shut down for a couple days. That's great. So if you're into that, go check them out. As always, they have a happy hour seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. Dollar off all draft beers and half off bottles of wine. Once again, that's the Handlebar right here in Chico at 2070 East 20th Street. Go check them out. God, seems like a thousand years ago. I fought my way out of that cave. Became Iron Man. Realized I loved you. I know I said no more surprises, but I was really hoping to pull off one last one. The world has changed. None of us can go back. All we can do is our best. And sometimes the best that we can do is to start over. All these people die. I keep telling everybody they should move on. Some do, but not us. Even if there's a small chance, we owe this to everyone who's not in this room to try. We will. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. After the devastating effects of Avengers Infinity War, the universe is in ruins. With the help of remaining allies, the Avengers assemble once more in order to undo Thanos' actions and restore order to the universe. You're right, everybody. That is the description, and that was a trailer for Avengers Endgame, a film that just came out, directed by Anthony and Joe Russo. They've done a bunch of these films, and uh, I'm sure this won't be their last, though it is essentially the culmination of everything that has come before them. Um, 
I'm not going to list the cast. It would take the rest of the show, and I'm not going to do it. <laughs> this is the 39,000th yeah. movie in yeah. this series. I think it is like the 22nd or something. Like 22nd, 23rd, 23rd maybe. yeah. Somewhere in there. Uh, so we have both seen this. Um, just a r- real quick precursor. Don't want to lose anybody too early, but Johnny and I are not the hugest fans of this franchise or superhero movies in general. Um, that said, I did go into the theater last night with a life-size Thanos Infinity Gauntlet on my hand and a black and white sketch of testicles taped to my chin mm-hmm. to look like his chin. Yep. So that's about where I'm sitting on this movie. Yeah. At least before going well, in. And we've seen most of them. We've seen almost all of them. Well, I think we've seen all of them. Yes. Def- between the two of us, we definitely have. No, I'm pretty sure I've seen all of them. There we go. Perfect. So I, I am the authority. Um, no. So what? Yeah, please. So what, uh, what were your thoughts initially? So yeah, you can read my my initial thoughts on Letterboxd because I wrote a review there. But overall, this movie was really busy because there was so many storylines. I mean, this is the wrap-up. It's called Endgame because it is the last movie of 23. So it's tying together every loose end, putting so many plot lines to bed, filling in so many holes. So you're going to have a ton of things getting thrown at you. That's yeah. Like there's that's one thing I can tell you. There's a lot of information and a lot of things coming at you in this movie. But I feel like they tied this series together with a really fun and well-crafted bow. I okay. think it was super entertaining. I think there was way more things that I liked than things I didn't. So there were definitely things I didn't and we'll get into that, but as a movie just by and large as a whole i enjoyed this i think it was super entertaining i think they they did enough fan service to make everyone super happy there were epic battles there was some pretty good stakes which is one of the things that i've found missing in a lot of marvel movies is that there's no you're not worried about anything happening but with this you don't know it's like the last episode of game of thrones sure anyone could die at any time so Overall, I really enjoyed this. It left me entertained. There were there were some problems with some of my favorite characters that we're going to get into a bit later. But for now, in general terms, it was a fun time. I really liked it. All right, uh, Young good. Maxwell. Yeah, I so I thought it was good. There's sort of this like unattainable hype that it's built up. Like um, again, like it's the course of of more than twenty movies and and. I think just that said, it's not going to ever wrap up quite as satisfyingly, at least to me and probably other people. Um, There were things that I wanted that I didn't get. Again, once we get into spoiler territory later on in the show, I'll talk about some of that stuff. But overall, I think they did as good a job as they probably could have with what they were trying to do Mm -hmm. with all of the content they're trying to sort of close the chapter on or close the book on. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that some of my gripes come from like some production stuff like – um, when there are these big battle scenes in particular, it, a lot of the sort of, um, real, not realism because not quite the right word, but like the tangibility of it, like, um, gets lost. And there's been a trend in Marvel movies over the past, um, maybe two or three years, uh, where like they, they started, I watched this really interesting video essay on it, um, started gravitating away from practical effects and actual suits and like enhancing them to like almost all digital stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, an example would be like Iron Man, I think in, um, before Infinity War, something before that, it might have been Spider-Man uh, Homecoming, where they would have the actors in their costume, but basically digitally paint over them. And, and I feel like the, the loss of like the, the tactile qualities of those, like it just seems more CGI'd to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that in some of those battle scenes in this movie, especially that feels very uh, heavy. There's like a lot of that sort of uh, quality to it. And 
when you see some of these like heavy hitting characters together, it's almost impossible to capture like the magnitude of it. And I feel like in some of those instances, they kind of go overboard and it almost had the opposite effect for me. It almost felt cheesy. You're talking um, about some of the, the big battle scenes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So specific scenes felt a little bit cheesy yeah. and forced and over CGI. Yeah. Um, like with respect to the storyline, and again, I don't want to give anything away here, but I think it Can was- I yeah. pause you first? No, yeah, sure. I, I want to focus on general oversight yeah. and then maybe rate it, and then we'll get into specifics because we could get lost down a really deep rabbit hole into the little things. Like I, Totally. Yeah. So uh, just let's generalize sure. for now just to keep it somewhat on track. It's going to be so hard yeah. to not get derailed on this I will, movie. I will double down. That was my generalizing. I will I will generalize it more. Okay. Um I thought it was effective for the most part. Um didn't love it. Okay. Liked it enough. Okay. Um I don't I don't know that this type of movie like it's a different movie from Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Uh, I rewatched Infinity War uh, like the day before just to kind of prep or most of it. Yeah. Um and and I, I don't think this has that kind of rewatchability. Um, but for what it was in effectively just like closing this chapter of these heroes story, I think it did a very good job and I liked it. Okay. Yeah. So you're kind of lukewarm on this movie. I, it's more than lukewarm, but certainly not. It's not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not crazy about it. Okay. It's fine. All right. Yeah. So I, I think I liked it a bit more than you. We'll yeah. rate it. Do you want to rate it now and then get into specifics? Yeah. Um, or do you want to get into specifics and then rate it? I wanted to touch on like one more thing. Um, and this is just, uh, we're going to touch on so many things. Yeah. I mean, more, uh, not super spoiler thing. Um, this is more about the uh, actual, uh, money side of things. Mm. Um, prior to this, the biggest opening weekend, and I think opening in general has been, uh, the force awakens. That was Mm. 2015, I think. Okay. Um, and again, we're recording this on Friday, so it's only been out for not quite a day. Yeah. Um, so all I can really talk about is projections and the Thursday night previews, but I will say, that it broke uh, the Force Awakens with a $60 million in Thursday nights when they had, I think, $57 million. Um, but they're projecting more than a $300 million opening, which is is so crazy. That's a thing, though. I was We were watching this movie, and I was thinking to myself, this thing's going to make all the money. It's Yeah, it's like it's almost unprecedented in this. Like, it's going to blow Force Awakens out of the water by like $100 million or something. Yeah. That's which silly. Which is nuts. Like, um, so it's it, for no other reason, like people are seeing this, and I, people are always talking about how like, streaming is going to be the death of the movie theater experience. And I, I just don't think that the data backs that up. Yeah. Like this is a really good example. Again, if nothing else, if it's not a perfect movie, it's not going to be perfect for everybody, but it's, it's a great example. Seats. Yeah. And it's a franchise that people have been invested in for like, uh, you know, Over 10 years. Decade, yeah, yeah. Like, and people are still showing up for it, which I think is really cool. Also the energy in our theater, you were saying this after the movie last night, it was pretty good. Yeah. Like people didn't talk because everybody's invested at this point. Yeah. We had a um, great crowd, and it was yeah. packed house opening night because we're you yeah. boys, we're hardcore like that. Sure, sure. We're going on open going on opening yeah, yeah. night. Oh, yeah. real quick then. Also, if you're listening because you got a flyer on your windshield, please let us know. Where I just want to say that I put that on the flyer. Yeah, but big you know. shout out to Young Maxwell what over up? here. He flyered a ton of cars while I was taking a nap. Yeah, or because some people don't love that. So what actually happened, my friend Johnny, is we had our unpaid intern go and do it. Oh. And then we fired him because we thought it was rude. Yeah, the gimp. We didn't do it. Yeah, we fired but, him. But someone did. Unless you really liked it, then it was me. And but if you didn't, <laughs> wasn't me. No, we totally did that. Yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah. I did nothing. I don't know if you did it. If, it's hard to say. They just showed up. We have a lot of fans. But in any case, if you got a flyer and that's why you're here, <laughs> thanks for coming. Uh, I started sweating a lot doing that. Yeah. It's got, okay. Yeah, you got nervous. Uh, it was also 90 degrees out. And yeah. I was bustling around that. Someone was bustling around that parking lot. <laughs> Someone, allegedly. <laughs> so anyways, that's all I wanted to say. Um, is I'm that happy. illegal to do that? I, I don't think so because I've seen people <laughs> do it, but I don't think it is. Like, I'm not doing anything wrong. I did no research before I had someone else I do was like that. 50 cars in. I was like, maybe this isn't good. 
I should like maybe do people do that all the time. They're not always advertising like we're not advertising beer, but like we're not like we're involving beer in that. I, that was my one thing. I was like, maybe oh, that's no. a problem. It's not a crime to tell someone that you talk about yeah, beer. You're right. Okay. First hold, Amendment, hold bro. Sure. I know a lawyer. Perfect. <laughs> Fight you. No, it's fine. All right. So is there anything else you want to touch on as far as things we liked and things we didn't like that are not spoilery in Avengers Endgame? Um, no, I, guess, I mean, I guess not. I think um, I think those are my general thoughts. Um, I'd be okay rating it at this point if you are. Okay. Yeah. So general thoughts established. We're going to rate it. And then I think we're going to get into spoiler territory because it's pretty impossible not to talk about this movie without spoiling a bunch of stuff. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to go first. I am going to give this movie a 7-2. Okay. I liked it. I thought it was worthy, and I liked the way it wrapped everything up. I liked a lot of things about this movie. I was fully invested, and I think they did a lot of things right. So Okay. uh, 7-2 from me. Uh, I threw you a bit of a curveball. I'm going to give it an (laughs) 8. Whoa. Yeah. like it was. I'm confused. It was really effective at doing what it was trying to do. Um. I don't think it was my favorite movie, obviously. I do think it was a very well done movie. Okay. Um, particularly with respect to the stakes. Um, I can I can gripe about the CGI stuff, but that does us really no good. They're doing what they can with the technology they have to tell the best story they can. I think they told a good story. Um, but again, like the reason it's not a 10 for me is gonna come up later. But I think mm-hmm. I think it did a very good job. So an, an eight for me. Okay. So yeah. I you liked it no, seemingly. You, you did like it more than me. Okay. I enjoyed it more than you, but, but I, I maybe it was, rated it more critically. I thought it was better than you thought it was. I think I have more specific complaints that affected my score a bit sure. more dramatically. So those will be unveiled soon. Yeah. Uh how do you want to play this, my friend? We're changing something up this week. What do you want to do? You didn't slide the thing. You're right, I didn't slide the thing. You let me slide the thing. Don't we're past it. We're a team now. Yeah. We're trying man. something new. So, all right. We're gonna pretend that we've all just walked out of the theater now, guys. You gotta hit a hard. Oh on my the god. Danger zone. Oh, there it is. So Danger Zone. Danger Zone. But that is not what we're doing. Okay. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. We're in the danger zone. We're actually gonna gonna take a breather on Avengers for a minute. Yeah. And we're gonna come back to that. So again, um, if you haven't seen the movie again, this is like I think important because it is opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the this drops the Monday after opening. Weekend. Yeah, we're saving. We're gonna save our spoilers until the end of the show. Yeah, very end. We're gonna do a couple other things out of order. We're gonna do a segment we call Hot and Bother oh, right now. It's in order because we're then, doing it when we want. Okay, and then we're gonna do our second beer, and then we'll get back to Avengers. Yeah. Uh, so that's all I wanted to say before we go any further. Yeah, we need to address your shorts. Oh, okay. I want to talk about this because not only are they amazing, sure. they're a little distracting. How you can got, you? Can you see them? I no, I can just see your thigh. <laughs> That's all I can see too. My shirt's like covering. Um, <laughs> it looks like you don't even have pants on at yeah, this point. Yeah, yeah. They are amazing. So Max is wearing what? Well, they're like swim slash running shorts. It's again super hot out. I haven't super done laundry recently, so I had to um, get something on under my pants and mm. I thought, well, I'll just wear these swim shorts. They're kind of thin. And then it got so hot out today. I was like, I'm going to take out the pants. Mm. And now I'm just basically in like poolside attire. I'm in like a, literally like a Hawaiian print shirt. I don't know. But they're like European poolside attire. They're not board shorts by any means. They're something that Daniel Craig would wear yeah, on, the, on the set. They're high thigh. Yeah. They're, high thigh. Yeah. I made that up, but I like it. They're nutters. Yeah. Don't like that as much, but sure. <laughs> Let's go with, with high thigh. That feels out of order. Usually it's thigh high. Yeah, sure. But I like it. They look really cool, literally, like temperature wise. Yeah, they would be, except I'm sitting in kind of like a leather chair and it's like, yeah, it's so sticky. And we don't have central heat or, no, or AC. Or AC. In, I'd pay in for central heat right now. Get a little moisture. Yeah. All right. So uh, 
How you been? I haven't seen you since last, since last night. Yeah, nothing has changed, my friend. That's cool. This is not a great, yeah, I was going to say this isn't a great uh, trial run for the freeform thing because I haven't done anything. Um, well, that's I, why it was funny. It was supposed to be a joke. Yeah. How you been? <laughs> <laughs> been sweaty. Recharged my AC. Sure. What does that mean? Uh, in my car. Okay. I, I bought a little canister and hooked it up to the guts of my vehicle and supercharged myself. With, I guess, I, yeah, I learned there's an adapter. You taught me that. Yeah. There's an adapter and a low pressure Fast connect and all kinds of fun mm-hmm. stuff. So that's mm-hmm. cool. Now I'm not going to be sweating when I drive anymore. That's great. Yeah. Nobody likes that. No. Um, is that your one of your official hots? That's by one the of way. my hots. I've cool. got a couple more. I've been Hit listening me. to a fun podcast. I recommended it to you. Hopefully, yes. I know you got some driving to do soon. Sure. Or is that's this always, drops no, past forever? Soon. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You drive for life. Disgraceful. Disgraceful is what, what is I've it? been recommending. It's a music history podcast, which is kind of boring sounding but it's executed really well it's actually produced or at least put out by i think what is it iheart radio network right. yeah they have a bunch of podcasts uh but it's really good it's really well crafted the sound quality is really great and i know that because you've got me spoiled to amazing sound quality so the production value is super high if you like the sound quality of our podcast it's almost there, but it's, it's good enough. Okay. It's fine. They have really nice uh, information. It's a very deep dive into all kinds of interesting stories that you might never heard of. I listened to a podcast that was all about, uh, what was one? I listened to the Ike and Tina Turner story yeah, today, right. which was just insane. That story was messed up. No spoilers. I don't know it, yeah. Oh, it's me- Ike, some- Ike Turner was a terrible person. Sure. So you learn all kinds of stuff, and I just kind of went through and picked some that were about stuff that I'd never heard of or didn't know about. So there's some really informative, fun stuff. There's really twisted stuff. You can learn all about Gigi Allen if you oh, want. God. I, that's the one I tried to download. And I, I think I was like driving uh, just in a spot where there was no reception because I kept mm. like trying. And also like I'm driving. So like I it was at a stop sign. I was like, okay. And then I just like kept trying to push mm. the subscribe button without looking at my phone. And it just like didn't work. Yeah. But I do want to go back and listen because that sounds fascinating. Yeah. there There's some really fascinating stuff. I can't. There's another one I listened to. It was about like the recording process of something, and I can't remember what it was, but it was, it was, oh, it was, nope, that was a different podcast. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> but I did learn something really crazy from The 500 with Josh Adam Myers, another music podcast yes. I've been listening to. Did you know that uh, Johnny Cash was playing when he played at Folsom Prison? Uh, yeah, I think it was Folsom Prison because he played Folsom in San Quentin. Oh, there it's was, probably San Quentin. No, I think it was Folsom. This is the famous one where he's like doing this in the poster? It might have been. Uh, Merle Haggard was all, uh, actually incarcerated in that prison. Oh, that's And cool. seeing Johnny Cash play made him want to play music. And later when Merle Haggard was like a recording artist, he played a show with Johnny Cash. And he was like, hey, the first time I ever saw you play was was in prison. And it made me want to do this. And he's like, I don't remember you being in the band. And Merle's like, mm. no, I was. I was in I was in, I the, was I was in, in there. the can. Yeah. And they went on to be peers and play together and. That was crazy. That that, blew that me is away. crazy. Um, I have to look something up real quick. But what else were you gonna say uh, about not that? But like your other hot and bother stuff. Well, this drops on Monday. I'm gonna. It, we're recording on Friday. This drops in a few days. So over this last weekend, I had a good time. I went to San Francisco, watched the Yankees play the Giants on Saturday, and then I went to Sacramento to Urban Roots for my mom's birthday lunch. Yeah, that's great. Where you mentioned that, it sounds so familiar to me. Urban Roots is a brewery slash barbecue place they have a giant smoker they do like southern style barbecue really really well and they make a bunch of really great beer so i'm it's one of my favorite places to go in sacramento okay yeah i think 
I know I've seen it. Maybe I haven't eaten there before. It's really good. It's over off like Y Street. Yeah. Like downtown, right. just adjacent. So it's really good. And they make excellent smoked meats. Dope. Yeah. What I wanted to say was um, Merle Haggard was in jail. Yeah. And and said that Johnny Cash, seeing Johnny Cash inspired him to start playing music. Yeah. He, so they're only five years apart. Merle Haggard is five years younger. Mm-hmm. Um, so how old was he when he was in there? He was not a young man. So and he didn't play music before that? No, he didn't start huh. playing music till later. I didn't know in that. Life. I, yeah, I assumed he'd been playing for a while. I think he played, but like didn't achieve much success. That's wild. You should uh, listen to the episode that Josh Adam Myers did on Merle Haggard. Uh, it was really interesting. If you don't listen to that podcast, it's him going through Rolling Stone's top 500 albums of all time. Oh, sweet. So that'd be like if we just dedicated a, a whole podcast to the yeah. AMC top 200. Right. Just, that's that's quality bonus content, my yeah, friend. Yeah, it is. But we should we should try and do that. It's a great podcast. So I've been getting turned on to all kinds of music I'd never listened to. Yep. So it's fun. And you learn cool stuff like that because I've always liked Merle Haggard. Yeah. And then just learning all the little background stories and stuff. It's really cool. Right. It's good times. Yeah, it's great. Disgraceful. Disgraceful and the 500. And the 500. But yeah, Disgraceful sure. is really fun, too. Yeah, sorry. Hey, guys, just wanted to pop in real quick. I don't know why we were messing that up so much. The podcast is called Disgraceland, not Disgraceful. Uh, it's a good podcast. Wanted to make this correction. Go check it out if you're interested in what we were just talking about. Back to the show. Um, I do want to touch one hot here. Um, I went to Costco. Again, this is another recommendation of yours. Uh, you said they give eye exams. Yeah. I've been a member at Costco for forever. Haven't been to an eye doctor in years. Used to have glasses, lost them. And I was just like, I'll just not see as good for, I guess, forever. I didn't have a plan. And then Johnny says they give eye exams at Costco. And sure enough, they do. I scheduled one a couple of weeks ago. I had it earlier this week. Went great. Mm-hmm. I just ordered a couple of sets of glasses from one of those online places that lets you try them out, and then you can send them back and get nice. your prescription. So I'm going to be a new glasses-wearing boy by the next time anybody sees me. Hell yeah. That's one of like the best perks about Costco. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. And so the only downside is they don't bill out insurance. So if you do have, like, if you have eye insurance, you have to just do it yourself, but they still do it. So, mm-hmm. and if you don't, it's like 60 bucks. But also if you have eye insurance, the Costco medical place or the eyeglass place where you get the actual glasses, yeah. they take insurance. Oh, that's cool. So it's like a different thing. Oh, I didn't know that. You can get frames with your insurance from Costco. That's cool. Yeah. I don't think I have eye insurance. Maybe I do. Maybe it's in like my general health insurance. Uh, it's not. It's a separate okay, thing. Okay. Then I don't have yeah. it. That's fine. Word. The 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 eye doctor called me uh, boring. He said you're boring with my eyes. He was like looking. He's like trying to find problems. He's like you're boring. You All got right. a slight far like far sightedness thing. And I was like, cool. That's fine with me. Like your vision is something that should be boring. Yes. You don't exactly. want it to be like, oh my god. Yeah. Uh, Susan, get in here. Look at this. <laughs> You've never seen a case this wild <laughs> right? in all my years. Can you believe this? Yeah. You're so, no, it went well. Good. I'm excited because I, man, when he queued me up for that 20, like he finally dialed in, and he's like, all right, this is what 2020 looks like. Does it look good? And I was, yeah, I was blown away. Like, oh, I hadn't seen that clearly in a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you get dilated and have to wear the weird old no. man glasses? No. That's good. I don't think, is that still a thing? Like, yeah, I get dilated. It's if you have uh, certain problems. At Costco, you do? Yeah. Oh. That's weird getting. You don't like, have boring eyes. No, I've got exciting eyes. Do you have glaucoma in your family history? Yes. That's and also I have, um, like, it's called, like, the pressure in your eyes. It, like, it's, oh, yeah. like, it has to do with the optic nerve. And if your pressure is high, it's an indicator of, like, early onset glaucoma. Wow, that sucks. But I don't have glaucoma. And I've established a baseline because I've been going to the eye doctor long enough that my pressure is just normally high. And the doctor said it's because I'm just a special boy. Oh, that's did he give you a lollipop? Yeah, he gave me a sticker. <laughs> you go and a sticker. Get a hot said, dog. You did court. good. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Uh, all right. Word. Listen, man, I'm ready for another beer. Yeah. Do you have one? 
Uh, you do, as it turns out. Oh, yep. yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I mean, I mean, professionally for this show. Oh, yeah, I wanted uh, to be talking. But I'm also having. I can just keep talking to you off off record or not off record, but off schedule forever. Sure. Um, so this is one. Um, it's called Adam from the Wood. It's from Hair of the Dog Brewing out of Portland. It is an old ale, which we, again we haven't done in a while. We don't do doing a lot of beers this uh, week that we don't often do that style of. So I'm I'm stoked. Um, it smells nice. Yeah, it's a 12 percent old ale. Um, there's been 23 logs of ratings on untapped, uh, 4.31 overall. Let me read what it says. It's their standard Adam. They have a beer called Adam. It's, uh, they're aged in, uh, well, this one is aged in American Oak Barrels. It was first released in 2000. Um, and then again in 2011, uh, 12% beer has a lot of the typical, oh, uh, what does he think? Oh, hair of the dog aromas, caramel, brown sugar, tons of raisin and tobacco, fig, date and plum fruitness. I feel like they're just like listing off, um, anything you'll ever taste in an old ale, but that's, you know. This has a fairly strong earthy vinousness. I can never say that word. Vinousness. Vinousness? Let's know. say vinousness because okay. it seems fun to say. As well as oak vanilla. And that's really just like ticking all the boxes. Do you get any of that? You know, I'm picking up a lot of vinousness. Sure. You know, a ton <laughs> right in the front. Uh, predictions here. I feel like definitely super boozy. A, a 12% old ale is uh, is going to be heavy. Going to be very viscous. Going to be heavy. Syrupy maybe. Um, Spear is flat. Puckery. As a pancake. I don't mind that. Um, give me, yeah, give me, you've had a, a couple of sips now. Give me some more. So initially flat, disconcerting, un, unexpected, like, whoa, okay, this is watery. I'm worried I'm having the experience you had where I smell it and I was like, that smells good. But then I saw you do that and then you tasted it and then you didn't have that same reaction. It's sharp up front. It's like, oh, hello. It has a whiny booziness to it. It strikes me like when you take a first sip of a nice red wine. That like oh okay oh, booze yeah, it does. right especially on the back end mm-hmm. but it, it, it the that sharpness kind of rounds out into some of the flavors that they were describing you get a little bit of the figginess uh, I don't get a lot of vanilla no I don't get a lot of maybe a little raisin how about vinousness uh, <laughs> I guess some vinousness yeah yeah uh, on the finish really the vinousness really lingers in the back to middle of the tongue yeah okay. Sure. Why not? That sounds great to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got a, a flavor evolution chart that I'm writing uh, right now. If we ever like lab- uh, named the podcasts anything other than the movie and the beer we're doing, mm-hmm. this episode would be called Vinuousness. Vinu- Vinuosity. But we would spell it wrong and long. Sure. Wrong and wrong long. Wrong and long, dude. All day. That's my first t-shirt that I put out. Johnny Summers merch. Wrong um, and long. I'm trying to figure out, I've got like four stages of this beer. I'm trying to figure out the third. Okay. So let's say the first is red wine. Yes, I have red wine. To me, it turns very specifically Fig Newton. Remember those? Yep. Oh, I love Fig Newtons. Like obviously pretty figgy, but also like got the bread quality. Yeah. Because of of the bread that's encasing the Fig Newton. The beer. The beer. Um, Has that sort of (laughs) A little bit of the breadiness. Yeah. Okay. Um, And just like, like some heavy, like, you know, when you eat those, there's that weird, like, this is not related to the beer. You know, like grindiness Mm -hmm. in like a fig. Uh, I hate that, and I don't get this. And I just literally, I'm saying this out loud because I thought of it. Yeah, the the third stage gets almost nutty. Okay, maybe yeah, like a like a vague nuttiness. Hmm. Hmm. I was gonna say it for sure. Finishes like when it really starts to settle, real tobaccoy, like real sort of old man leather chair study type yeah. stuff. Uh, almost like a smoky uh, pipe or something. Mm. Well, there's the tobacco. Sure, in the pipe. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's just no. Like a, it's musty. Yeah, or something. I, I don't hate it. It's a really interesting beer. Um, it's a lot, though. This is overwhelming. 
This is like a, a, a like an old leather worker's corpse farted. God. <laughs> After eating Fig Newtons. Yeah. And drinking red wine. Yeah, if your death fart was a Fig Newton God. red wine. <laughs> that's it, dude. That's um, it. Yeah, man. I don't I don't know. It's uh it's a lot. If we had drank this first, we would have been screwed for the rest of the show. Because it's it's overwhelmingly it. I'm not a big fan of this even a little. Oh really? No, man. That up front, like red wine heaviness, and there's no carbonation. I'm actually I, glad about that. I hate when there's a really heavy beer that's like super bubbly. Even though if there was any bubbles, it might like break it up and make it not feel so heavy. Yeah, agree. Just thick. Agree to disagree on that one. Yeah, I mean, I want at least a little carbonation in my beer. Yeah, yeah. Can you? There's. I already checked actually. Now that I think about it, I don't think there's a the date on that bottle, but mm. I'd like to know. Yeah. But hmm. I think that maybe it leaves a really sour taste in your mouth too. Oh, really? I yeah. get like a really hot taste. Like after you take a shot of whiskey, you got kind of that warmth that kind of go. But that's just you know, yeah, 12%. hot and sour. Um, like hot sour soup. Ugh. Uh, you ever had that? Have I had a hot and sour soup? Yeah, yeah. Stuff that's pretty good. Everybody loves it except me, I guess. I don't like it. Oh, well, you just sorry. You just said it was really good. People, people sure. think it's good. <laughs> I'm a wonton guy. I like uh, miso soup quite a bit. Miso egg flour is my jam. Is that different? Yeah. Have you ever had egg flour soup? Oh, I thought you were saying like miso egg flour soup. I don't know what's in miso, so you could tell me it was egg oh, flour. I didn't no. know eggs had flowers. No, it's they call it egg flour because you make a like you whip yolks mm. or whites, I think. Probably whites. I think it's whites. And you drizzle them in the boiling soup. And then oh, it, yeah, like, yeah. It, like, it like creates like flower petals. That's almost. a thing. That's a way to make eggs too. I just learned this. You can make, um, oh, they're called cloud eggs. You basically crack an egg delicately and pull the yolk out, and then you whip up the the whites and you um, you oven bake them, mm. and they kind of swell up. And then you put the yolk in the top now, and then you kind of cook it one more time. You get kind of like a, it seems weird, very like real posh, and like I don't know how anybody. So too much work. Well, yeah, but like it's if like if you're in LA and you go to brunch, there's one or fifteen spots. Where like, come try our cloud eggs. It's not cloudy outside. It's sunny. Welcome to the city of sun. It's another day of sun. Eat your cloud eggs, mm. and it, like that kind of thing. Whoa, <laughs> yeah. I'm walking on egg clouds. <laughs> but like, I don't know. Like, It just seems real trendy. I, very mm. impractical. Yeah. But I'd try it. But also, what is it when you do like the Benedict eggs with the poached? Poached eggs are kind of impractical. Well, less so. Because at least like you just cook them once in one thing. That's fair. Like you're not taking apart the egg, cooking one part, putting the other part back in, cooking it. Like, I don't know. Gianna says cloud eggs are good. She's had them. Right. And I love poached eggs. I do. I love poached eggs too. Uh, so there's that. Hmm. Do you love this beer more than poached eggs? No, nah, not either. Close. But like poached eggs, man, hard to beat. They are. But I don't hate this beer as much. Do you, would you say you hate this beer? That too no, strong? I don't think yeah. I would hate this beer. I think I, I strongly dislike it. I don't hate it. If I hated it, I would either not drink it or throw it at you. Okay. So we are at the point where you are going to drink what you have. Mm -hmm. I'm getting, I want to figure out kind of your scale. Cause sometimes I'm so caught off guard by your beer ratings. But then other times I'm like, I know exactly what you're about to say. Yeah. But I think it's like when we get into the five, mystery, the right? five and below, I don't really know. But I know this is below a five for you. I, do you have your number yet, by the way? Uh, think of it, because then I'll keep talking. I don't yes. want to advise you. Okay. I think you're below a four. Um, I would even say that I think you're below a 3.5. But after that, I start getting dicey. Um, I'm going to taste it one more so I can get my number. But I am going to guess at yours for fun for me. Uh, any final thoughts on this before we uh, put her to bed? Hmm. It's many things. It's too tart. It's got a weird tartness up front that that calls to mind like stone fruits, 
Like like definitely raisiny, but like not in a good way. I don't know. Wait, what's a stone fruit? Not a raisin. No. Like peaches. I, I was saying stone fruits and raisins. Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like stone fruits, like like plums. It, it reminds me of plums a little. It's okay. got kind of a plummy yeah. tartness to it. It's so funny that a plum is a stone fruit, but so is a peach. Like they're way different. And nectarines. And, and how often they're used yeah. as descriptors. Like stone fruit. It's like, which one? Yeah. They're very different flavors. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. But yeah, I get that too. Like plums, definitely fig and mm-hmm. yeah, some raisin quality. Yeah. If this beer was... 30% less tangy, like right on the front, I would like it a lot more. Is that kind of your biggest problem with it? Mm-hmm. Huh. If this was uh, overall a bit more mellow and it, it really settled into the earthy vanilla, this beer would like even probably do better with a little bit of coffee in it. Oh, I was going to say a bit of age on it. Cause, or age. Because there's maybe. a chance this is relatively new. Um, yeah. And I feel like the flavors you're describing that you want more versus the ones you don't like would respectively come out and mellow out over yeah. time it's still hot too for sure it's way hot yeah like i, I mean smell it it smells like wine mm-hmm. it's really and at 12 percent too like there's some beers you smell and you're like why well, don't i have no idea how strong this could be this one's like yeah this is like a 12 percent beer for sure mm-hmm. no surprises there yeah and there's so many other 12 percent beers i'd rather drink oh well that's true how about 12 percent old ales i can't name one you, can you name another old ale? I can name the one that we did on the show, the the Keeper's Old Ale from that the episode like one or two that we oh my did. God, you remember a fucking beer from episode one? I, well, I got that beer. Oh, you that's right. Like kind of be like, what if we did this on the on this podcast idea that we have? So yeah. obviously I remember that one. I also think we did that one. Do you still have that bottle? Mm, no. That'd be cool. No, we can go. We should take a trip to Washington and get one. They still have it. It's I'm not sure. the same, bro. It's not the bottle from episode one. Well, no, but it's also like that'd be a fun trip. Commemorate it. And be like, hey, that would be we could do the beer again. That would be fun. all sorts of ideas. Yeah, we did the one though with um, the brewery that has uh, it was like Thor's Hammer Excelsior. Oh, I can't remember what the beer was m- called, but his hammer's not his called. hammer's Mjolnir. But I think the the beer was like called like oh that was uh, Eel River their barley yeah. wine. Oh, it was a barley wine. Yeah, all right. No, you're right. No, you are right. They do a beer. It's like their anniversary beer, and we figured it out when we did that episode that sometimes it's a barley wine and sometimes it's an old ale. Right. You're yeah. You were both right. I remember that beer. Because it does have a hammer on it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Triple. Yeah, Exaltation. That's Exaltation. what it was, not Excelsior. You were in the right ballpark. Uh, and but yeah, but year to year, it's been a different style. And I think we did the uh, I think we did the, the barley wine. I think you're correct. Like so. when, we, when we both win. Yeah. Everyone's a winner here at Fresh yeah. Ops Cinema. In any case, I think you said you have your number. I think you're going to give it. Are you going like crazy into the decimals right now? Because that's really hard to guess. <laughs> There's a decimal. Yeah, right. But not two. There's not two decimal places, right? No. So I think you're going to give this a 2.9. No, you're way off. Damn it. 3.7. Oh, that's higher than I thought. Okay. It's, yeah, because I can see the, the the value in it. Sure. I, I Like I said, I didn't hate it. Yeah, if 2.9 I hate, was too If low. I hated it, it'd have been like a 2.5. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't hate it. I just don't enjoy it per se. I see how it's decently crafted. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a very strong beer. So that in itself is going to come with some strong flavors and some strong notes. I just, I can't get my head around the whiny, you know, like mm-hmm. grape, just pungent, like yeah. hot, sour up front. And it leaves this wonky taste in my mouth. So yeah, three, seven for me, not a fan. So what I want to say real quick is I was hoping this would be a big, a big fat win for us because I think it's, uh, if not the, the very last like the second to last beer from, your Oregon from trip. my Oregon trip. And I was really hoping to pull I was, one off. I was not going to bring that up. Did you know? Yeah. Well, I didn't want to throw you under the bus like that. How did you know this? 
you this is one of the beers that was in the picture oh, you sent shoot. me. I was just and then you, you came back from Oregon. You're like, look at all the beers I got. And like, this is cool, this is cool, this is cool. Like right. we were both hopeful. Okay. And I was not gonna throw you under the bus and say you brought back You were welcome. Yeah, garbage beer. You tried. You know what I mean? It was it, an A for effort. This is no fault of my own. No. I had no way of knowing. It's fucking Andy's fault. So therefore, is that his name? <laughs> the guy at the, Andy? Yeah, did you see on Instagram when somebody tagged him? Yes. Nobody reached if out. If you're listening, tag him again. Yeah. Um, Bring it. No, but I do, like, I was. I guess I thought that maybe you'd forgotten. So, you know, you throw me under the bus. I don't even consider it throwing me under the bus. I no. I was just hoping, like, it could be a clean slate for you. I didn't want to tell you it was that beer, but. Okay. I, I recalled. Shoot. It's fine. I'm going to give it a five. You know, it's fucked. Five? Yeah. Okay. Okay. What is fucked? <laughs> Last time I went to Oregon, I bought six or seven bottles at this bottle shop and half, like, all but two were infected and gross Ugh. and sour. And I bought stouts and they were like just infected and like pop the top and there's carbonation that pouring sucks. over. So I know that feeling because I, I spent like a hundred bucks at the bottle shop. Right. Brought back dog shit beer. And I'm like, I can't fucking call the guy. Like, yeah, just shafted. Yeah. So we live and we learn, and sometimes it's you know this beer game's a, a roll of the dice, man. That said, even with a three point seven for you and a five for me, this is still one of the better beers that I brought home. <laughs> so, uh, and, and granted, like at least at least I think we can both agree this beer isn't bad by virtue of um, storing improperly or like exactly. And like, it's not bad in that it's infected. No, we just or, don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Somebody and might. This is a beer that wouldn't have been affected by time, whereas some of the other ones were. So. Yes, definitely. All right. Well, it just means we have to go to Oregon together. Yes. Agreed. So and we'll go. We'll just go to the breweries, dude. I like it. We'll just take a brewery trip. We'll get them fresh. That's fine. Yeah. So we got about 15 minutes left to wrap this sucker up. Look at you with timeline Let stuff. Let us. Wait, get- real quick. That was Adam from Wood, Hair of the Dog Brewing out of Portland. Done. Boom. Okay. Don't drink that beer. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I see where you're going. Avengers Endgame. Yeah. We got about 15 minutes left to party before Max goes off and makes a living. I'm working tonight. Yeah. Um, last warning, spoilers, if you haven't seen it yet, pause the show, come back in the next couple days after you've seen the movie. We can, Superman dies. But yeah. And Batman poops in his grave. Robin laid an egg. I don't know. <laughs> um, but we are going to spoil some stuff. So where do you want to start? So, uh, overall, uh, I want to say like, we're going to talk about this. Like we've just left the theater. We're not going to break down the whole plot and the yeah, whole movie. No, totally. Cause that would take three fucking hours and nobody's got time for that. Cause mm-hmm. it was a three hour movie. Except for the $300 million of people that did. Right. You don't have three hours for us to talk about no. it, and we don't have that kind of time either. We do not. Sorry. If we did, probably still wouldn't do it, because that would just be kind of boring. So were you shocked when when Thor Thor beheaded Thanos? No. Really? Yeah. I mean, Thor just made a weird sound. <laughs> um, I didn't, so I didn't, like, I had an idea that they were going to commit to the time travel stuff, but I was kind of hoping they wouldn't. I thought, like, maybe this was a franchise that was good enough to, like, mislead us to think time travel and do something different. Mm. So I when when Thor cuts off his head, uh, whenever that happened, um, within the first ten like minutes, three day, yeah, but like yeah. three days after the snap, mm-hmm. um, I was like, oh, all right, well, we're gonna have another like something that's not Thanos and not a bad guy. Maybe they're gonna like deal with each other or like, I don't know, I don't know what I thought, but that caught me off guard, and I was a little bit let down by the fact that like, all right, we're just gonna do a bunch of different timelines and watch these little people just go through the quantum realm like that were too many of those shots for me yeah there was too much time travel that was the only time in this movie where i almost fell asleep yeah here's here's where i'm torn because you love time travel well that's uh that's a huge part yeah that's not even what i was gonna say i'm definitely torn on that part but, yeah but like in terms of character stuff they're having essentially to end this chapter of the original avengers um so like iron man has to go captain america has to go 
Thor has to go basically. And, Black Widow. Sure. Um, and like sort of everybody from the Hulk, even though it's not made clear, um, though he's becoming more and more CGI so they could probably do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I knew they had to find a way to do this, but the trouble is you have these main characters that the story is at least given to us as to be revolving around. And so we're going to need emotional endings for all these people. Mm-hmm. Um, and my problem is like, particularly with Captain America, a lot of his emotional story is in the 1940s. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how are you going to tie that in to modern day without literally taking him back and like using time travel as a cop-out? And they don't, they use it as a cop-out. And the, maybe, maybe I'm being too harsh on it, but for me it, it felt uh, lazy is not the right word. It's too strong, but like, uh, I just wish there were more. Yeah, they took the the easier way out. Yeah, not, not fully lazy, but not full effort. Yeah, but there's so many goddamn storylines that they have to tie up in this. Yeah, um, it, it did bum me out too because like he had this like he being Captain America yeah. had this budding romance for the last two Captain America movies with the chick in the current universe. Uh, who the one chick from the last two Captain I, America movies? Uh, he was like totally like flirting with wait, this chick, the old timey girl, or no? No. I don't know who you're talking about. There's there's a romance that follows a Scarlet Witch. No, uh, Natasha Romanoff. No, another girl. Yeah, there was. Like, he had like kind of a love interest, and they just kind of dropped her like she was hot. And well, you got in time. Oh no, wait. I was thinking of Jane Foster, who is a, exactly that also, but different. Yeah. Uh, you should Google that at some point because I need to know. Yeah, I will. Um, but I also wanted to say, if you want to Google it, you may, because I want to talk about Tony's daughter too, mm. which also kind of felt like a cop out, like especially because. I know Tony needs something to motivate him to save everybody, right? And mm-hmm. sacrifice his life. But like, we've been given a couple of movies to think that that reason might be uh, Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. We've given this like father son dynamic, which plays perfectly into his father son dynamic. Um, and then it's like, nope. Oh, he has his own daughter now and their family. Yeah. And he needs to give that up. It's like, he's already given up enough. Like he, mm-hmm. he's got Peter that he lost. And then like, we get the whole backstory of him and his father, which I felt was like a little bit unnecessary. Yeah. I don't like, I don't think definitely I don't need it. He doesn't need it. I mean, given they did that because it was Iron Man's last movie. So it was kind of, but but also there was so many parts of this movie that felt forced. Like I said, I enjoyed it, but there were like beefs. And for me, all of Captain Marvel felt forced. She just felt injected into this movie and it really was fucked because in Infinity War, Thor became over, like almost overpowered. Yes. And was like, oh my God, Thor is becoming like a god. Like right. he's going to do crazy shit. Right. And then they completely neutered his character. Wow. As if to make room for Captain Marvel in oh, this. And it really bummed me out because I found it really hard to believe that his motivation would just evaporate after everything he's been through and he would just give up on the Avengers and on everything and on life and just become fat and useless. I mean, he was drinking a lot of beer. Yeah. But it just, but I feel that, but like coming off of, you know, I get it. There was a five year time jump. Sure. But coming off the last film with him basically reaching his, his peak. Yeah. As his final form, his final form. He became Charizard. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, Zapdos would be more appropriate. Yeah, probably. Uh, You're, you're correct. Sure. But yeah, it really bummed me out because he was so strong and so impressive in Infinity War. The fact that he was basically not involved except as just an emotional wreck, but was not powerful. And like everything cool that he did was just swept aside and he really didn't matter in this movie. The counterpoint to that is like part of me feels like he was the best part of this movie. 
that's the like, thing that gets so, me. Like, but also he was the best part of last movie, right? Like, so, I wanted to see more of his powers and sure. like what he could do. Yeah, the scene when he comes in Infinity War and he like lands on the battlefield and Wakanda's like, "Bring me Thanos!" Oh, it chills every time. Yeah. So badass. Um, but like, I don't know. To speak to your letterbox review, um, sort of the the interplay between sort of the the emotional heaviness and the the comedic relief of what we've come to expect from Marvel movies. Like, um, I think if you have overpowered Thor from infinity war and you have captain Marvel yeah, and you have like self-aware Hulk, it, it would have been impossible to make sort of this entire thing feel like it was even a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, it shouldn't I, have been a challenge. It they should have kicked been. all the ass, but then we'd be complaining about this movie being 30 minutes long. No, and like, I think that they have really throttled their superheroes a little too much. I want to them, I want them to live up to their fullest potential and I want them to be overpowered, make better villains if you need to, or raise the stakes and throw planets at people. Yeah, you're going to get into a a Galactus situation there. I'm just going to get into what Hulk should be because Hulk's basically invincible. I'm so mad about that too. Right? Like, I was hoping, like, we get, like, really, like, oh, the gauntlet hurt him. Yeah. Really? But, like, hot dad, smart Bruce Banner. Yeah. Hulk. And I wanted, like, hipster dad with the sweater. Which was very funny, but I was hoping for a point where he'd just be like, like, when the building fell on him, I like, Mm Like I wanted that building to like launch into space and like mega Hulk come out. Instead we get like giant Ant-Man and like, which is fine. Like when everybody came together, that's obviously the battle I was talking about. Mm-hmm. You know that. Yeah. Um, but in the beginning, like where the CGI became too much, like they're cramming like 20 movies worth of, of hype into this one scene mm-hmm. where people are coming out of portals Yep. and it works pretty well. I was hyped in the moment, but I don't know. It was like, there, there's a couple, I love that this danger zone, by the way, is just turning into like ragging on this movie when we both pretty much enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope you don't, you know what, whatever. Uh, Fuck it. Yeah. (laughs) I like this movie, but I'm still going to point out what bothered me, obviously. Um, Like when Captain Marvel finally shows up again and like rips through that, like his, the main spaceship. Yeah. That should have been it. Like Mm -hmm. everybody should have been like, we're good. This Mm -hmm. is fine. Thanos should have been like, listen, I got to go. But instead, like, let's just have a big CGI battle where everybody gets a little cameo. But that's the thing. And it pisses me off in that battle because Thor throttled underpowered yeah captain marvel should decimate thanos oh yeah yeah and he like really yeah no i didn't buy that dude i literally i think i laughed out loud there's a moment where it's uh it's thor and iron man and captain uh captain america Mm -hmm. and they're like standing down thanos and like he beats thor's ass and then he beats iron man's ass and then like steve rogers is kind of like i can punch you a little bit you can punch me back i'll be fine you're a human with mm-hmm. some crazy powers, you if if he can beat up Thor, you're nothing. Mm-hmm. There's no way that's even close. Yeah. And they try to like again the emotional stakes they have to build here. Like there's little moments like that where it's inconsistent for me. It's like, like ugh, why was Steve even like you're stop, dude. Yeah, and my and with with Thor especially too. Yeah, yeah. You have at one point he was wielding Mjolnir, 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 Mjolnir. and the other thing, uh, Stormbreaker, Stormbreaker. Yeah. And he should be basically undefeatable, yeah. like especially with the skill set and the power level yeah. that he achieved last. And then with, I guess the cop out is he's out of shape, right? I like guess. that's that's it. He's been drinking too much beer. But again, very funny. Very funny. Can, yeah. It's fucked up because it was one of my favorite characters from the last movie, completely neutered and underpowered and underutilized, but also became like the most hilarious comic mm-hmm. relief. Um, like Fat Thor. So is funny. like life Dude, goals. I know you love that Big Lebowski reference too. All of them. God, so um, good. 
when when Captain America though picks up Mjolnir, mm-hmm. that was a sick moment. That, that everybody really in our cool. theater freaked yeah, out. Yeah, like ah, what? Yeah, dude, yeah. That was that was I was feeling it then. Yeah, I, I think again, like this comes back to sort of the the, um, the decade of movies that have come out. Like, regardless of if if this movie's perfect or not, people are invested. So mm-hmm. when he picks up Mjolnir, or when when anybody comes on a screen, when when the heroes that died, quote unquote, come back, like it works. Like I'm so stoked for that. Um, in the moment, like it was an effective movie. Sure. That's what I said. I did everything it meant yeah. to do really well. Yeah. Uh, it, it tugged on all the right emotional heartstrings. Mm-hmm. It did everything it wanted to do well. It really just pisses me off how underpowered and underutilized Hulk is. But yeah. he's going to be a part of the Marvel future going forward. Is he? I'm assuming. Well, yeah. They didn't write him out. So. Yeah. So I don't know. It, like the makers of these movies, it to me, it feels like maybe they haven't read all the Hulk comic books. Uh, that can't be true. I'm sure they have. I'm sure like their team has. Like I'm just saying Hulk in the comic books is more powerful than everyone. I also do want to talk real quickly, and I agree. He totally is. He's crazy strong. Yeah. Like um, and he gets bigger and he's invincible. He's essentially invincible. Yeah. Uh there's no, a way he around. is invincible. No, there's one you way. can kill him with with an overexposure to crazy amounts of gamma rays. I think uh nerds don't get mad at me if I'm wrong, but please do tell me. Because I think that's the caveat. Like, right. You can if you can like replicate what caused him, but like make it stronger. But for every intent and purpose sure. in these movies, he has been incredibly underutilized in the last two films. Yes. And I'm wondering if they're just sandbagging because eventually in the comics, like he rips Spider-Man in half and like kills most well, that, of the oh, Avengers. That's a whole other thing. Like those, so it's like different. There's there's like yes. many many storylines for yeah. every character. But in all of them, Hulk is the most powerful. Sure. What I did like uh, to reference our wall here is there was like a little bit of old man Hawkeye thrown in here. Yeah. Um, in- Slash uh, Ronan is what he turned into when right. he became sword wielding murderer. Right. So I do like that's the other thing that I had a problem with is is him and Natasha's sort of thing with the Soul Stone. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know that if it's just like pure catharsis that I was craving, but like, cause he has like a family and, and like daughters and a wife and we've seen them a lot in their house. That's very sweet. I still think he's the one that should have died. Um, it, because it's like, it'd be, it would be sort of, uh, you know, uh, atoning for his sins, presumably of what he's been doing the past five years, like m- murdering bad guys. I don't know. It's, it's tricky. He's like, Natasha probably shouldn't have died. Granted, she is less effective as a fighter than him because he's got his crazy i don't really know his whole backstory um i think we got he doesn't it. have like superhero strength no or he just, he's just like arrows. really good yeah he's really good at stuff is that it yeah we're supposed to be he's just like a human he used really to good. be a spy i believe he started out hmm. as a spy yeah i don't know i don't either he's just like really good at the bone arrow both of them are pretty in this universe disposable let's be real yeah I we could have stood to lead, lose either of you're them. next to the god of thunder yeah, right or, exactly. or a genius or a yeah, gamma or, ray monster fella yeah Exactly. Or Thanos. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought that was kind of a weird thing where like one of them had to die. So right. Like, but oh, honestly, right. like we got the whole backstory of him murdering the Yakuza because because he was going to die. We needed or or because she was going to die. We didn't know. They, like we needed a reason to believe it might be him. Right. And like maybe he wanted to, to make up for all of his bad in his mind. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, but overall. Good movie. Yeah, it was. I, I liked it. We have some gripes, and obviously we're not making the movies, so we can just sure. judge them on sure. what is presented. <laughs> like, overall, it was cool. I might watch it once more. Like Okay. Yeah, if I might watch it, it If it goes more. on Netflix or something, I might watch it, but yeah. I haven't watched Infinity War since it was on Netflix. Oh, then I bet you won't so, watch this. Yeah, probably not. 
Uh, listen, so once again, if you haven't heard the show before, we're out once a week, everybody. If you're a new listener, please come back next week. Uh, we have a lot of fun doing this. You can write us in at fhccast at gmail.com. You can get in touch with us via our website, freshhopcinema.com, uh, or you can find us on all of the major social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, Johnny, any final thoughts here? It's hot. It is a little warm. Uh, and I think I'm excited for next week's movie. Yeah, and if you want to know what that is, go to our website. We have a Austin Smith listener suggested that we put a segment on our website uh, where we preview movies that we're going to be doing. So that's the only place we're posting them. And we put up a full schedule. Yeah, a full schedule. Uh, So if you'd like to know what we are doing in the upcoming weeks, you can check our website, and we'll have uh, usually two to three to four weeks in advance. And hey, guess what? Detective... Pikachu's on there. It is on so the list. Get ready for that, folks. Um, also, lastly, I wanted to shout out uh, a couple of things really quick. If you, uh, I don't think we talked about Patreon yet. So if you do like the show and you want to support it and keep it going, you can donate to our show um, on a per episode basis. You can give us a dollar or $3 or five um, per episode. And we, number one, super appreciate it. But two, uh, give you access to bonus content. And that was my segue here. We got some really cool feedback excuse me, about our bonus content last week. We went a little bit emotionally deeper than we usually do. Oh, yeah, we did. Um, and like that kind of stuff is really fulfilling, yeah. I think, to me at least. And I think it was a very nice ep- episode. I'm going to call it an episode. Yeah, that was. And like you learned stuff about me that you didn't know. Right. Like, we did go pretty deep. Um, I think Patreon's sort of this like weird, at least for me, like this weird bubble where um, – it's our safe space. Yeah, but like even <laughs> like I have a sort of a public persona with my music thing. Sure. Um, and I've said more about myself on Patreon than I have certainly to like my music life, but like even people I consider close friends that don't listen to this podcast know more about me than they they my other friends would. Right. Um, because it's like this really intimate thing that Patreon is and and, and I'm trying to bring that out of you for the regular podcast. Sure. I don't want to share that with the world. It's, it's slow, but it's coming. Um, so anyways, all that to say, if you'd like to join uh, check it out, patreon.com slash cinema. And to everybody that commented on that last episode, check it out. Um, part two is up now. Yeah, notable mentions, Austin Smith, Nick Land. Sure. You guys always email in. Yeah, that was We've great. We got emails from both of you this last week, and we appreciate them both. Yeah. Um, until next week, my name is Max Minardi. My name's Johnny Summers. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.